Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? It's Sunday night again. I am so sorry. This episode is a little late. This weekend was Jazz in the Gardens weekend, the 16th annual Jazz in the Gardens Music Festival, which started the year that I moved to South Florida. It started in 2007. So yeah, I'm coming up on my 16th anniversary, my 16th anniversary in South Florida. So Jazz in the Gardens, um, you know, it's a Saturday and a Sunday. Show starts at four both days. Last night, Jilly from Philly closed it out, and tonight, Erica Badu was closing. I left early so I could get home, but, you know, I had to see Charlie Wilson. I had to see Keisha Cole. Um, Mike Phillips was the opener today. Um, So, yeah, it was a good weekend, so please forgive me. I'm going to jump right into tonight's episode with Dr. Duca. Dr. Duca is uh, a naturopathic physician. Uh, she's a naturopathic doctor, went to um, naturopathic medical school to learn how to use things from the earth to heal the body. That's right, y'all. So she's on the couch tonight, and um, she's speaking about her experiences, but also specifically about um, fertility. So she's speaking to the women who may have had challenges with fertility, she is a board-certified naturopathic physician, as I stated, and has been in the healthcare field for over 15 years. She started out as a nurse um, and then decided to take her talents to naturopathic medical school. So conventional medicine, man, is not where it's at all the time. You got to consider other options as well. She is also my SARA. She is a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And um, I think you'll enjoy her. So please join us on the couch. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey, guys, it's Sunday night again. And you know what that means. It's time for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. I've already introduced myself. You guys know who I am. I've been doing this since May 2020, which, in fact, I'm coming up on a three-year anniversary. Woo! Yes. So God is so good. The universe has been so great to me. And they continue to be great to me because I just have the most phenomenal guests who come and sit on my couch to share their stories and share their expertise. Tonight, I have a woman on the couch. We all know March is Women uh, Women History Month. And so this month, I am talking to just the ladies and I've just had some phenomenal guests lined up. You guys heard last week from Dr. Naima. So tonight I have Dr. Duga, Dr. Duga, ND, naturopathic doctor and holistic fertility, fertility specialist. Hey, Dr. Duga. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here with you. Um, I just feel um, like this is a really great opportunity to really share my work with your viewers. So thank you for having me here. Yes, ma'am. And that's why I wanted you here because people, especially the ladies, but also the men, I have, I guess, about half and half in terms of listenership. I have uh, half men, half women who listen. 
And um, what is going on here? Okay. Yeah, I have half and half. And, you know, if a man is listening, I want you guys to share this information with your significant other. Uh, you may be planning for a pregnancy or talking about it, or maybe you haven't been able to conceive. And this is why we're having this discussion tonight. I don't mean to, um, dang it, still the thunder, but we are talking about, we're talking about naturopathic medicine, but I want us to dig deep and go a little deeper into that because Dr. Duga is actually very, very specialized. Um, so Dr. Duga, say pronounce your first name for us, please. It's pronounced Kirtia. Uh, if you have any Haitian viewers, it's pronounced Kitsia. So either one is fine. Okay. Kitsia or <laughs> Okay, Kirtia. And I was going to venture and say Kirtia. I should have just took a stab at it. So um, what is that thing? I should know this by now because I've been in South Florida since 2007. But uh, the Haitian greeting is Sapose Babule. What is it? Sakpase. There's Sakpase and Sakapfet. Which Say again. Is, Say that again. Sac, sac is what most people learn. Um, and but within the Haitian culture, we we mainly say sacap fet. You know what's going on, what's happening. Oh, so sapase is what the lay people learn. Yeah, like the non the non Haitians learn sacpase. You know, um, but within the Haitian culture, it's really sacap fet. You know what's going on. Say it slowly. What is it? Sa like S A. Cop, K-A-P, FET, F-E-T. So F with the asterisk, F-E-T, Sakap FET. Sakap FET. Exactly, yes, you got it. Sakap FET. Text that to me so I won't forget. Text it to me later. Okay. <laughs> Guys, all right, let me get back on track here. So Dr. D, Dr. Duga is um, a middle fertility doc. And I know you guys are like, well, what's a middle fertility doc? She is the go-between between your gynecologist, your reproductive endoc uh, endocrinologist, and also you, the couple. She wants to help couples conceive. She wants to help the lady. She's going to help you navigate through what she terms the confusing landscape of infertility. And you place infertility in, in brackets. Why do you do that? I do that because infertility is... Um is a term that is in the medical profession is used as a term that's used to just describe a woman or a couple that hasn't been able to get pregnant within six to 12 weeks, uh, six to 12 months of trying, right? But when you look at the statistics, the term infertility is about sterility. It's about a woman or a couple who cannot conceive no matter what, no matter IVF can work for them. So I put it in brackets because a lot of the women that I see who are struggling with fertility aren't really infertile, right? They still have their periods, they are ovulating, but but yet they're carrying around this term as if it's a label that is placed on them, meaning, oh, I can't have a baby. So it's really confusing for, for women. Mm. So I tend to use the term subfertility, right? Because subfertility is more accurate because it describes what I see in practice, which is lower fertility due to an underlying health challenge, right? Like there's usually some metabolic issue. There's usually some insulin issues. There's usually some sort of hormonal dysregulation that is lowered the fertility and making it more difficult for couples to get pregnant, which is very different from this concept of infertility, right? Does that yeah. make sense? Yes, ma'am, it does. And listen, 
You know, you are what you think. Oftentimes we hear you are what you eat, but what's also true is you are what you think. And so I love how you have basically just told the ladies, like, they may tell you you're infertile, but just because you couldn't conceive during that period of time does not mean you will never conceive. And you're right, because a mind is a very powerful organ. So if someone, if a woman keeps telling herself, I'm infertile, I'm infertile, I'm infertile, you know, you believe what you think. Exactly, exactly. I I created this post and it said, it said, it said, let go of the infertility diagnosis, even if you've gotten the diagnosis. And I went into the statistics that show that 97% of the world's population can have a baby naturally. So that means there's really only a 3% chance that you're truly infertile. So why are so many women just carrying around this label? Like it's a sentence on their fertility. And I also talk about this um, psychological negative mental feedback loop. So if you believe that you're infertile, you believe that you can't have a baby, after a while, it can become a part of your identity. And when something becomes a part of your identity, then it becomes more challenging to overcome fertility challenges, right? So what happens is the brain... Um, it really, you're really sending a signal to the brain that you're not safe, right? And when yeah. you're not safe, your nervous system goes into this whole fight or flight response, which blocks fertility. So it creates this sort of negative mental feedback loop. And I feel like a lot of the women that come to me after a while for trying, we spend a lot of work trying to get them out of that negative cycle, that negative mental cycle, because it's so pivotal in the treatment plan. Ah, uh, uh, uh. All right, guys, let me back up for a second. I got all excited and wanted to get into this, this discussion, this chat with Dr. Duga, but allow me to just give you a little bit more about her background. Uh, Dr. Duga is a board-certified naturopathic physician and has been a healthcare professional for over 15 years. She is the founder of She Does Medicine, Natural and Integrative Fertility, which is an online women's health clinic that expands access to quality healthcare. Man, this helps to meet the market demand for affordable and effective fertility treatment options. So you guys definitely have to consider this. So Dr. Dougal, what does it mean to be a naturopathic physician? To be a naturopathic physician means that um, we take a very... Um, well, the, the term naturopathic means, you know, natural, there's a term natural in it. So we take a very natural approach to medicine. And what it means is it doesn't mean that we just use botanical herbs and supplements and diet and lifestyle to treat, but we recognize that there are certain natural laws that the body um, lives by. And so when we are seeing patients and we were creating treatment plans, we want to take those laws into consideration. And it also means that we use the less invasive approaches before we go to the medications and before we go through surgery. So we use a lot of lifestyle medicine to treat before we go to the more invasive um, procedures. Okay. And there is nothing wrong with that. I think people are um, moving over to the naturopathic alternative type field more and more because we're seeing that Number one, prevention is key. We got to have prevention and 
um, serving in that preventative space, it's good to be healthy. It's good to eat healthy. It's good to utilize naturopathic means um, to learn about your body, to address situations with your body. And hopefully you can prevent certain ailments so you don't have to rely on Western medicine. But if you can't prevent it and you do encounter certain situations, you don't have to turn to Western medicine first, people. What do I mean by Western medicine? Western medicine is uh, a specialty that relies mainly on the pharmacological industry. They rely on pharmacology. They rely on the FDA. We all know in America, the Food and Drug Administration is who approves research and studies to then um, study medic medical, I'm sorry, medications. Uh, and oftentimes these studies will include um, double, what we call double blind comparisons. Hopefully they will, because that, that's a good study. And then they crank out some medication. And then you see all over the TV, oh, tell your doctor to give you this medication for cholesterol. Tell your doctor to give this, you give you this medication for diabetes. In the field of psychiatry, there are medications that can cost around $5,000 a month for a 30-day supply, which is ridiculous. And when you go to other countries, like I was in Zanzibar, um, when, when was that? Shucks. I don't know. During the summer or something. Oh, in November. I was just there in November. Um, and I walked into a, a pharmacy and I was able to get, I had like a, a little allergic reaction to something and I needed prednisone. I got that prednisone over the counter, no prescription needed. And it's that way in a lot of countries where you can walk into a pharmacy and get whatever medication you need. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I'm sure folks will find an issue with that. They'll take issue because we're used to what we're used to in America, but we kind of have to undo that mentality and open the doors to naturopathic and alternative means. There's, can I add something that you're saying that Please. you're speaking to in terms of pharma, pharma, pharma um, it's a tongue twister girl, pharmacological <laughs> medications, <laughs> the drugs. Okay. So the drugs. The yeah. drugs. So one of the things that um, naturopathic medicine honors is this law of individuality. So it means that everyone is different and everybody is unique in their um, metabolic expression, their genetic expression, their health expression. So this, this cookie cutter model really undermines um, patients because it doesn't take into account the law of individuality. So we're different, you know, in our, in our preferences, we're different in our metabolisms. And so one of the things why drugs um, don't work for a lot of people is because it doesn't take into account that we are individuals and we express our genes very, very differently amongst one another. And so in naturopathic medicine, we take this law into account. So, so what you'll find is if you, if you find a really good naturopathic physician, you'll find that if someone is being treated, if you have two patients being treated for the same thing, they both have very, very treatment, very different treatment plans because we take this law of individuality into account. The other thing I want to say is when I was working as a nurse, um, one of the things I, I quickly realized about our medical system is we're very um, disease focused and we're not health focused. I didn't really, I didn't understand that difference until later, until like I went to, um, to naturopathic medical school. And what I mean by that is, if, and if your listeners probably have had this experience. So you have these symptoms where you don't feel good at all, right? So you decide to go to your doctor, you get some blood work done and you're like, everything looks fine. 
you're 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 good but you leave the doctor's office feeling like i don't feel well i don't feel well i feel like something is not functioning properly and it, it isn't until things get worse and until it becomes a disease is when we start to recognize it as a, a diagnosis mm. when we focus on function we catch the disease process in the middle and we say, all right, how do we improve your function and how do we prevent you from going down this um, pathology so that you don't have this disease? So the other thing is we need to focus on function. And that's another thing that naturopathic medicine is really, really, really strong at. Mm. Thank you so much for breaking that down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you are Yes, ma'am. Um, for folks who are listening, so we we told people you're a naturopathic doctor, but you you have an emphasis on holistic fertility, holistic fertility. Uh, so you're accepting patients only for the for, for their fertility needs, or do you also do other? Do you accept other patients as well? I accept other patients. Like I've seen other women who have, have had immune conditions and not really focus on fertility. Women who have had hormonal acne, you know, not focus on fertility. Um, I see a lot of women who want to lose weight and have issues with their metabolism. Um, and fertility really ties well into um, metabolism as well. So they're all connected. But if you're, if you're not really focused on fertility, you really just have a, a, a health issue that you're trying to improve that's hormonally, that may be hormonally related, um, metabolically related. I'm really good at that. And those are the women that I see in my clinic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a woman is thinking, okay, do I need to see this fertility specialist? Should I go, should I talk to Dr. Duga? Um, obviously just like with any other field of medicine, someone can call and ask a question or schedule like a, a little brief consultation, very brief. I want to ask you this, who are the best candidates for this type of holistic fertility, um, specialty? Give me just like a brief summary of who your, your, your best candidates would be for this type of, um, virtual intervention. The best candidates are the women, one who just really want to prepare their bodies for pregnancy. They, they realize, all right, I'm not the healthiest. I don't necessarily have um, a diagnosis per se, but I would like to get pregnant within the next year. And I would like to know what I can do to improve my health in order to do that, to have a healthy pregnancy, have a healthy baby and have a healthy postpartum. Now, if you are a woman who's already interacted with IVF doctors and you've been told that you have low ovarian reserve, low AMH, you've been told that um, you have some form of ovarian failure and therefore you are actually not a good candidate for IVF, um, I also um, work very well with those women because like I said earlier, we focus on improving function and so a lot of the women who don't qualify for IVF usually have some sort of function that needs improved, ovarian function that needs to be improved, metabolic function that needs to be improved, um, hormonal balance issues that needs to be improved in order to be able to get pregnant. So those 
are you are like the two groups of women that I would say are really perfect candidates for the types of services that I offer. Okay, ladies, are you listening? Did you hear that? <laughs> so if you identify with any of what you just heard Dr. D say, please consider hitting her up and just maybe, and if you're not certain, if you're confused, hit her up, contact her, send her an email or maybe call and ask or tell her you need just a brief conversation to determine if you would be a good fit for her program. So we're not at the end of this discussion yet, but we're probably almost halfway through. Dr. Duga, give folks at this point your contact information, like your email, your phone number, and, and also your IG. How can they contact you? The best way to contact me if you have a question is via email. I'm always checking my email. Uh, my email is dr.k.duga at shedoesmedicine.com. If you'd like to learn more about my work, you can go on my website at shedoesmedicine.com. I have some free trainings on there that talk more about my work, what I do, um, that you can just sort of tap into and just learn more because it's a different approach to medicine and fertility. Um, you can contact me via phone as well, 213-421-5528. Okay, guys, and we're going to give that information again, and it's also here in the verbiage on the on the podcast description. Her information is there. I'll have everything highlighted and how you can reach out to her, Dr. Duga. Um, I think it's 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 only fair for us to tell the listeners the other things that you do. Also, I wanted to start with the holistic fertility information because I know at this day and age, a lot of women. I would say based on what I've seen and what I've experienced, um, I've had more than before women who are struggling with uh, with conceiving. So I wanted to put that information out there for them. Um, but you do many other things as well. You were a nurse before you went to naturopathic medical school. Um, you worked in nursing. And then I guess sometime in 2012, you discovered or decided to make the change to naturopathic medicine. What other uh, modalities or certifications do you do you carry? Uh, so with within the naturopathic medicine realm, there are several modalities. So I love the herbs. I use a lot of botanical medicine um, in my practice clinically. Um, I love homeopathy, which is a whole nother discussion, which is very based on this idea that, you know, the human being is not just this physical body, this material body, we're also um, energy beings. And so homeopathy really taps into to the concept that we're both, that we're both physical and um, energetic. Um, and then I use hypnosis, which is the way that I really help women um, reprogram certain beliefs that they come in with that really block them from making the changes that they need to make in order to get the outcomes that they want. And basically what hypnosis is, is it goes into, so let me break down the brain a bit. In terms of consciousness, there's the, there's the conscious brain where you're consciously aware of what you're doing. And underneath that, there's the subconscious brain. The subconscious brain is where all of the programming happens from the age, from when you, from the time you're born to the time you reach age seven is when a lot of the programming happening happens, right? And so the subconscious brain is, is where all of that gets programmed. So your beliefs, your thoughts, 
all of that reside in the subconscious brain. So I use that in my practice to help women really make behavioral shifts um, that they need to make. Mm. Hey, so you scratched that surface to hypnosis. Um, let's go there. Because I don't think um, a lot of my viewers are not viewers, but listeners um, are BIPOC, Black and Indigenous people of color. Um, and I don't think hypnosis is something that is widely used in the Black community. In fact, I know it isn't. You're the, the first Black um, hypnotist. Is that what you would be called? You call him a hypnotist? <laughs> I guess I don't call myself a hypnotist, but or a hypnosis specialist. They're called. Um, but when I was learning it, um, you know, she the the woman that I learned it from is actually a black woman, and I think that's what made me. Uh, yeah, that's what, I think that's what made me trust it because um, she was black. I met her at this um, conference that I went to and um, a lot of the things she was saying made a lot of sense. And she did, I did a group session with her, um, felt the results immediately. And then I kept following her and then I um, became a patient of hers. And then um, she decided that she was going to also provide continuing, continuing education to healthcare professionals. So I decided to learn from her and the way she frames it, she calls it tame your brain for technique because it's really a brain-based technique because hypnosis makes it sound like very woo-woo, but what we're really doing is working with the brain, right? And so we're working with certain parts of the brain to help um, reprogram and make behavioral changes really quickly. So give her a shout out. What's her name? Her name is Kane Quarter. <laughs> Love her. She's absolutely amazing. She's um, based in um Vegas actually so yeah she was the one who taught me and um what conference were you attending it was a it was a, what was it called it was called um momentum it was for healthcare professionals who you know have their own practices who were looking to sort of you know level up and change their their models and um just learn different ways of of learning of running a, a healthcare business so that's when I met her she actually was the keynote speaker for what she called financial hypnotherapy. So, you know, she talked to us about, you know, what are the, some of the limiting beliefs that we have about money and finances? And um, I don't know, it just really resonated with me. And I, I've been hooked to it since. I use hypnosis on myself. Um, and I, I really can't talk more highly of it. And I, and I wish that... Um, people had more access to it because I feel like a lot of the reasons, and I was no, I noticed this as a nurse, like I kept asking myself, why aren't patients able to like make the changes that they need to get rid of high blood pressure, to get rid of diabetes, to lose the weight. Mm -hmm. And what you learn is a lot of it is because they're just, they just have these limiting beliefs that don't allow them to make those changes. And so a lot of it is based off of willpower, you know, it's just like, Willpower doesn't really work. You really have to help people um, get go deep so that they can really figure out what's there and what's stopping them so that they can really actually make some transformational changes. And I think that's why I decided to do it is because I didn't want my practice to just be a transactional based practice. I wanted to be able to deliver transformations. And I think that's what hypnosis helps me do in my clinic. Who's a good candidate for hypnosis? That's a good question. I would say anyone that is really dealing with anxiety um, in their lives that 
um, you know, they're, they're trying to make changes and they can't figure out how to make those changes. Um, they feel sort of blocked in their goals. And so that creates a lot of anxiety. And if, you know, you're just looking to level up your life and you're looking to um, change your beliefs about certain things. I haven't worked with people who have depression because that was one of the things <clears throat> that I had asked her. I was like, does hypnosis work well for depression? And she said, she hasn't seen it work well for depression. And I think it's because when someone's in a state of depression, there's sort of this, um, I don't know. It's, it's like you are in a state of like numbness. And so making changes are, is difficult. So it's really for people who are just looking to, you know, make behavioral changes, I would say. And this is the best way that I could answer that question. Got it. Got it. That's a good answer. Um, and, you know, I'll say, I know I've had, I've encountered patients who underwent hypnosis for smoking cessation. They want to stop smoking. So they'll receive hypnosis or hypnosis for some other unbecoming behavior that they're trying to resolve or get rid of. Mm -hmm. um, but again, guys, if you feel like you may be a good candidate for a hypnosis, send an email to Dr. Duga, um, schedule an appointment. You know, it cannot hurt to have an appointment with her and just kind of go over um, the situation in your life that you want to change. And Dr. Duga can create a treatment plan for you, including um, I'm sure you talk to patients about diet, correct? Nutrition and their intake. Mm -hmm. I do. I do. So, you know, that's a, a benefit of, of being seen and treated by a naturopathic uh, physician, a naturopathic doctor. They'll talk to you about um, these things that get overlooked so many times. In Western medicine, because of, of the system that we've created here, the system of insurance, um, insurance really is the dictator and how uh, physicians roll out care to patients unless someone is in private practice and they kind of um, create their own rules. However, even in private practice, if you're accepting insurance, you kind of have to play by the insurance panel's rules. And those rules are simple. It comes down to money, um, coding and money. So let's say if your plan is one that discourages you or discourages your physicians, your doctors, your medical team from using certain codes. And these certain codes are the ones that um, doctors can bill more for, for providing you the education on things like diet and exercise and preventative care. If your insurance discourages that, then they're not going to provide you that service because they have to build a lower code. They're going to give you the basics and what you need to take care of your blood pressure and or your diabetes or whatever ailment you're in there for. And they're going to skip certain things. And the things they're going to skip are the things that they're not going to see as uh, necessary or, or needed in the moment. The thing that's absolutely necessary is the education about your medication and prescribing your medication and doing your physical exam. The other information, like talking to you about your diet, what you should buy in the grocery store, creating a shopping list, things like that, you know, oftentimes it gets missed in your primary care doctor's office. So I tell people, you want to couple your traditional Western medicine um, medical program, you know, you're seeing your primary care, 
but also add some specialists to the equation, add a naturopathic doctor there. Insurance doesn't cover naturopathic medicine, but that's okay because it's, it's reasonable. You can pay out of pocket. You have to see it like this. This is your body. This is your health. This is your life. These things have value. If you care about it, you'll invest in yourself. So don't look at everything as, do they take insurance or not? You know, is it cheap? Because you, you, your perception of wanting something cheap, you get what you pay for. So you got to see that as the, the reality of our situation. You got to invest in your body, invest in your brain, invest in your health, invest in these things. So instead of getting your nails, you know, going to the nail salon every week or going for whatever exquisite service that you might do or whatever restaurant you're going out to or whatever piece of clothing you're buying that you really don't need right now, consider allocating that money to your health. Everything ain't going to be paid for by your insurance. Excuse me for that rant, Dr. Duga. No, you know what? I appreciate you so much for saying that because I meet a lot of people who get stuck in that insurance-based model, if it doesn't fit in there, they, they're not open to um, anything else. And I've talked about this before about, you know, noticing that the people who um, make it a point to actually um, pay for services outside of the healthcare system actually have better health outcomes because of what you just said. And so I really, really appreciate you um, hammering it down. It's, it's such an important concept. Um, yeah, I'm always like I've I've had the privilege of taking care taking care of the poorest and taking care of the richest and and the difference is it, one of the differences is this you know having access to other types of of healthcare you know yes 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 can't emphasize that enough can't emphasize it enough. And in fact, I too am interested in hypnosis. So I don't know. Are you certified to certify another person to become a hypnotic specialist? No, okay. No, ma'am. But I can refer you to <laughs> Kenny Porter, uh, who certified me. Uh, she's good. But you know, before I, um, can, before Kenny decided to do a certification, um, she had referred me to HMI. HMI is a is a really well known um, hypnosis institution. And they offered like a five-day free curriculum access. Changed my life in those five days. I would I would recommend maybe look up HMI just to kind of learn more about it, learn more about the theory behind it. Because I have to be like, because for me, I have to understand the science behind things. Like I'm okay with the spiritual, but I need to understand the science behind it. Because for me, there really is, is no difference between... Um, spirituality and science I think they're one and the same I just think here in the western world we've separated the two so mm -hmm. whenever something seems more energetic based and spiritual I have to understand the science of it just that's just how my brain is wired and um they do a really really good job of um breaking down the science behind it which is why I like them oh yes okay so for those of you listening if you're still trying to decide what to do with your life when you grow up Consider some of these things, you know, consider attending naturopathic um, schooling, naturopathic medicine schooling, go to, um, and I was telling Dr. Dugo when I went to, you guys know I was in Singapore and Indonesia um, at the end of the summer, and, and um, in Singapore they had a naturopathic healing garden, 
Um, it was the most impressive scene, impressive thing I've seen. One of the most impressive things that I've seen because the garden was totally broken down by body systems. And they gave you, you know, the actual plant was there. There was a sign. It gave the name of the plant, um, the class of the plant. And it told you exactly all of the medicinal benefits for the body. And I just thought like, wow, if we had this type of endorsement in America, if we grew these things in America and made the information available to everyone, we just would not have the amount of deaths that we have. We wouldn't have the serious comorbidities that we have. We would not have folks who don't have access to health care. We probably wouldn't have the situation with obesity that we have. Obesity is one factor that it's actually um, uh, that's that's a part of you know the high rates of myocardial infarction, infarctions, aka heart attacks and strokes, and the development of diabetes and high blood pressure. That would be diabetes type two. Sorry, um, the non-insulin type diabetes and high blood pressure. So the poor eating habits and the and the diets, you know, um, these things, the obesity is implicated in these things. So if we had a better diet, if we were more um, uh, naturopathically uh, medicinal growing plants, I'm trying to get into growing plants a little bit more. Just mm -hmm. you do that as well, right, Doctor Duca? One of your your I hobbies. Yeah, I garden. I garden. I grew up though. My stepdad had a had a garden in the back. And so I actually grew up around that kind of um, lifestyle. But as a little girl growing up in South Florida in the Haitian community, when it really wasn't popular to be Haitian, it wasn't something that I um, really embraced until I got older and um, started, I would call it like re reclaiming my African identity in its entirety, right? It's like, I think we have this idea that, um, that certain things, or maybe let me just talk for myself, like, you know, certain lifestyles aren't, aren't black, right? But when you really study history, and when you really study um, African culture, you learn these things are, are how our ancestors grew up, you know, being around plants, being around nature, living this nature-centered lifestyle. It's, it's really us. This is our culture. I think, I feel like the work that I do is not just about bringing naturopathic medicine to the forefront, but also about bringing in how our ancestors practice medicine, bringing in that, that culture aspect of it, because I feel like it things kind of get skewed. And I think earlier you were talking about like hypnosis and how it's not really amongst, you know, our, our, our people. One thing that HMI talked about was um, how certain African tradition religions actually have this and use hypnosis for healing, and they called it um, trance work, right? So when I, I when I like really delve into it, I'm just like a lot of this is our stuff. We just have to reclaim it. Hmm. You don't ever feel like that? I'm just like this is our shit. Like what? You know, and I get so mad when I go to conferences and it's nothing but white people learning Girl, about that learning again. about the herbs, learning yeah. about this stuff. And I'm like, this is our stuff. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I've heard so many Haitian people here tell me that about when um, being Haitian wasn't cool. Man, you guys, you Jamaicans, all y'all Caribbean folk. We all know that the slave ships stopped everywhere. They stopped in the Caribbean. They stopped in America. 
but it seems like here in America, we allowed the white folks and the slave masters, we allowed them to force us into this transitional mode of um, just not being healthy anymore. Our ancestors in Africa were very active physically. They, you know, grew things from the earth. They ate from the earth. And that's what I see till this day, people in Jamaica doing now. That's why the hell Jamaicans beat us every time in the Olympics at running, man, because they are so <laughs> healthy. Um, but yeah, seriously, this is our shit. This is our stuff. Is. So I'm glad you said that. It is. Um, yeah, I, I, my spirit was like, we need to, I need to share that because I just feel like we get that gets lost you know and even when I think about like after I graduated medical school I went through an identity crisis because when I went to school I was one of the very few black people and I'm used to that right you you know you've been through medical you know how that space is right Mm -hmm. but like with naturopathic medicine it was a different sort of whiteness it was a very like white hippie liberal sort of thing like I went to school with um a woman whose parents owned the baseball Phillies team you know that's how much money they had and so they had a very very different level of privilege and I would sit through these lectures about naturopathic medicine and there would not be like one black person and I'm like we invented this how how are we just learning from white people so after I graduated I had this sense that I needed to sort of reclaim the African part of naturopathic medicine and in that learned a whole lot and I'm like oh this is our stuff like when I'm learning about nutrition like it it is African culture to make sure there's nutrition in everything that you eat Mm -hmm. it's not like here in the west where we just eat things devoid of nutrients that is not an African black thing you know what I'm saying it's total reverse and so that's why I said we need to like get back into what our ancestors did and how they lived because that's what's going to save us yeah shout out to my dad you mentioned your father growing the bar the garden in the back my dad had a garden we had some watermelons back there cabbage cucumbers um collard greens mustard greens so um my, my parents are from mississippi they're not from the caribbean we're just good old descendants of black gold um Mississippi, Mississippi raised, but um, yeah, we got to get back to the simple things and the basics. We got to get back to living from the earth, get back to doing what's healthy. Guys, cut out that processed food. Processed foods um, actually contribute to uh, the increase in, in cancers, the incidence of cancers, processed food and um, and other things, but so get away from the processed food, things that are already and processed food includes the plant-based options. You know, they have all these, um, chicken, or oh, you can't see me doing air quotes cause you guys are listening, but chicken and seafood, don't eat that crap. It's processed. Although it doesn't contain meat, it contains all sorts of other chemicals and additives that are not healthy for you. So, all right, man, we've been talking now we're, we're three quarters into an hour and uh, Dr. Duga, we're going to close it out. I'm going to give you last word. If you want to um, take some time and just tell folks what you want them to know, if you want to give your contact information again, um, go for it. Yeah, uh, I would say we said a lot. Um, what else, else, else do I want to say? I would say that um, your health is your wealth. Mm-hmm. Do everything you can 
to take care of your health. If you are struggling with your health and you don't know where to start, start with putting yourself out in nature. Start with making contact with nature as much as you can. Just common sense wise, it calms you. Just, you know, when you go out in nature, you just feel better, right? But just the science just shows that, you know, we as humans and especially women, we need nature in order to be healthy. It is what keeps the cortisol levels down, which is which are stress hormones that are really um, killing our health because it's what's causing obesity. It's what's causing hypertension, right? So become really radical about about keeping your stress levels down and managing them. I know it sounds cliche or stress, 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 but stress is really anytime you feel like the demands placed on you um, super exceed the the resources that you have to take care of them is is stress. Mm -hmm. And that has real physiological impacts on our metabolism, our reproductive system, our fertility, and so on. So become really radical about about your health I like that become radical about your health so Dr. D where can they hit you up to get an appointment schedule a consultation the best place to uh go to schedule a consultation is she does there is a tab on there that gives you um, an option to book a consultation if you go on the website and you're not sure what to do just email me at dr.k.duga at shedoesmedicine.com. All right, guys, you have heard from Dr. Duga. Um, did I ask you if you were ready to take the couch in the beginning? No, you did that. Ah, dang it. I'm on travel, guys, so I'm a little distracted. All <laughs> right, so I'm, I'll ask now, are you ready to take the couch? Yes. <laughs> All right, cool. Say brain love, Dr. Duga. Brain love. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe, reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs, know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations, limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership, own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours, it's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication, don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Mm -hmm.